Welcome back to the Hemingway List podcast, talking about Afra Ben. Guess what? Right after posting the podcast yesterday, I realised we just had our second female poet. How awesome. Afra Ben. The name, I you know, never really heard the name Afra before, so it didn't strike me as particularly feminine, although Aphrodite comes to mind now that I think about it. But the poem itself it did make me kind of think, is this written from the point of view of a woman? That was my first thought. I think because there's so much, or so so few women in this book that rather than thinking this was written by a woman, I thought, my first thought was this was written from a woman's point of view, which is bizarre. But the, hey, that's where we're at. I've been conditioned by this book. Um, but there you go. Female poet. I googled her and um, was very pleasantly surprised to see. Um, Swimsters and Mama Fishy has said, These read very modern to me. I like these poems. Below is a repost about Ben. Written when we read Catherine Phillips. Afro Ben described in coarse graphic detail the intricacies of physical love between women. Afro Ben was also the first English woman to earn her living solely by her pen. Ben was a lyrical and erotic poet, expressing a frank sexuality that addressed each uh, sub, such subjects as male impotence, female orgasm, bisexuality, and indeterminacies of gender. The most prolific... Yeah, I remember this now. We, we did mention her when we talked about Catherine Phillips. So we've already learned about this person. The most prolific dramatist of her time, she was also an innovative writer of fiction and a translator of science and French romance. Ben wrote her scandalous sex field plays under a pseudonym Astrea, as did many of her contemporaries and successes. Ben's novels were as sexually frank as her plays. Well, there you go. Bit of a hornbag old Afro Ben. <laughs> love it. Beautiful. Well, how good's that? We've had another poet. And I love that she just came storming out of the gates like it was controversial enough for a woman to be a po- poet. But she's just gone. I'm dialing it up to 11. And not only am I being a poet, I'm poeting, I'm poeming about all these taboo subjects to boot. Good on you. Today's poet is a man named John Wilmot, Earl of Rochester, born 1647, died 1680, at 33 years old. Yikes. First poem is called Return. Absent from thee, I languish still, then ask me not when I return, the straying fool that will plainly kill to wish all day, all night to mourn, dear from thine arms, then let me fly, that my fantastic mind may prove its torments it deserves to try, that tears, tears, my fixed heart from my love. When wearied with a world of woe, to thy safe bosom I retire, where love and peace and truth doth flow, may I contented there expire, lest, once more wandering from that heaven, I fall on some base heart unblessed, faithless to thee, false unforgiven, and lose my everlasting rest. This one's called Love and Life. All my past life is mine no more. The flying hours are gone like transitory dreams given over, whose images are kept in store by memory alone. The time that is to come is not, how can it be then be mine? The present mother's all my lot, and that as fast as it is got, Phyllis is only thine. 
Then talk not of inconstancy, false hearts and broken vows, if I by miracle can be this live long minute true to thee. Tis all that heaven allows. This one's called Constancy. I cannot change as others do, though you unjustly scorn, since that poor swain that sighs for you, for you alone was born. No Phyllis, no, your heart to move, a sure way I'll try, and to revenge my slighted love will still love on and die. When killed with grief, Amintus lies, and you to mine shall call the sighs that now unpitied rise, the tears that vainly fall. That welcome hour that ends this smart will then begin your pain, for such a faithful tender heart can never break in vain. Last one is called To His Mistress After Qualus. Qualus? Maybe Quarrels? Qualus? I don't know. Why dost thou shade thy lovely face? Oh, why? Does that eclipsing hand of thine deny the sunshine of the sun's enlivening eye? Without thy light, what light remains in me? Thou art my life, my way, my light's in thee. I live, I move, and by the beams I see. Thou light, thou art, without thy glorious sight. My eyes are darkened with eternal night. My love, thou art my way, my life, my light. Thou art my way, I wonder if thou fly. Thou art my light, if hid, how blind am I. Thou art my life, if thou withdrawest, I die. My eyes are dark and blind, I cannot see. To whom or whither should my darkness flee? But to that light, and who's that light but thee? If I have lost my path, dear lover, say, Shall I still wander in a doubtful way? Love shall a lamb of Israel's sheepfold stray. My past is my path is lost, my wandering steps do stray. I cannot go, nor can I safely stay. Whom should I seek but thee, my path, my way? And yet thou turnest thy face away and fliest me, and yet I sue for grace, and thou deniest me. Speak, art thou angry, love, or only triest me? Thou art the pilgrim's path, the blind man's eye, the dead man's life. On thee my hopes rely. If I but them remove, I surely die. Dissolve thy sunbeams, close thy wings, and stay. See, see how I am blind and dead and stray. O oh, thou that art my life, my light, my way, then work thy will, if passion bid me flee. My reason shall obey, my wings shall be stretched out no farther than from me to thee. All right, that's uh, Johnny Wilmot for you. And that's our poems for today. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.